Tune in to the Big Dogs Playoffs Podcast. I'm your host, Tojo. For those of you tuning in for the very first time, please allow me to welcome you to the playoffs. And those of you that's been riding since day one, drop your tops. Let's ride, baby. Once again, we back to the Big Dogs Playoffs Podcast. I got a special guest in the building. With further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself since he's a legend from around here. What's happening, Dirty? What's up with it, Dirty? It's your boy, Kimo V, man, a.k.a. Ooh. Michael Raxon. You know what I'm talking about? All Mike- nine represent him, man. You know what I'm talking about? You dig? Nina Pop, y'all. I'm the Nina Pop man. <laughs> the Nina Pop man? <laughs> Back in the yes, day, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, man. well, go on, pop your collar, then, bro. It ain't gonna stop the slang, don't stop, man. You See, know what I'm saying? So, that's what yeah. it is. I'm here to goddamn spit the spill, man. What it is, okay, big dog podcast. I'm in the building, baby. Shit. Yes, Let's sir. Get to it. Well, how school you went to, dirty? You know, I was St. Louis, dude. Man, I went to Pattonville, dog. Okay, okay. <laughs> I went to Oakville, yeah. so you know uh, what I'm saying? I went to, to Bone Bowman yeah. and went to Oakville. Out there in the county. Yes, sir. I got uh, the DCA. I was one of the first DCA students. You what know year? What, uh, what year I graduated? Yeah. 92. 92? Yeah. Oh, I was a little bit before yeah. I was a DCA in 1984. Yeah, Over there, senior high school. What neighborhood you come from, bro? Walnut Park. Walnut Park. Walnut Park? Yeah. Yeah, that's where the male from. What's, What's her name? Sherry. Yeah, oh, Sherry and Sherry. Goodfellow. Okay. I grew up on Sherry and Goodfellow. Oh. You know yeah. Wayne Moody? Yeah. Yeah, I know Wayne. <laughs> Jarvis, Wayne. Shout out to Wayne Moody, man. Yeah, I don't know where you're at. I know that B.O.P. Yeah, got you somewhere. Six one Sherry Blood Yeah, gang. you know, yeah. that's my man. Mm-hmm. We, was in, we was in Memphis together. Yeah, yeah. In the FCI. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, so check this out. Tell us a little bit about Young Kimo off Sherry. Man, I was born on Sherry. You know, I, you know they try to say motherfuckers in the hood, people in the hood, you know, if you ain't born there, you ain't from there. You know, that's how St. Louis do it anyway. You know, if you ain't from the hood, you ain't from. You weren't born on the block, you ain't from the block. So, I actually, I was from 6th Trace, 63rd on the block. And then you got 6th Trace, 6th 1, and the 6th you know. But, uh, you know, man, I was born on the block, man. We, uh, I grew up. You know, when I was actually my, my granddaddy owned a funeral home, you know what I'm saying? So my mom, my daddy died in the bed, laying in the bed with my mom at 28 years old. Dog. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So okay. he fought in that war, that Vietnam War. He came back crazy. You know what I'm saying? He died of uh the doctors gave him some kind of medicine to uh, like stabilize his thoughts. Okay. And uh, the medicine killed him, you know what I'm saying? So I said that to say this. My granddaddy was a uh he owned a funeral home. So he, he prepared my daddy for his funeral, you know what I'm saying? All those years. So, he, you know, that's a hard, just, just letting you know how hard my granddaddy was. Dude okay. was a straight G, you know what I'm saying? What was the name of the US funeral Ivy. Big up, big up to Ivy Funeral Home. Ivy Funeral Home? Yeah. Where was looking you know, at uh, at the time? Martin Luther King. Okay. A long time ago, man. Somewhere Martin Luther King. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and uh, when my my grandmama died, my granddaddy prepared her body. He prepared mm-hmm. his wife for her funeral. So as a child, man, I was I grew up like seeing hearses. You know, my uncles and them used to pick me up in hearses before I ever even knew where death was. You know what I'm saying? My uncle would pull up in that hearse. I'm five years old, put me in the hearse, 
Take me to my granny in them house. I'm like, what's that in the back? It's a dead body wrapped up. You know what I'm saying? He's like, don't worry about that, boy. Keep your head straight. You know what I'm saying? So that was my first experience with death. Then I seen another cat die. You know, my first experience of seeing somebody dying when I was like seven, riding through, riding the river road. Remember river road? Hey, come on, man. Rode the river road with my partners on? on the bikes, and we saw a cat running out the jewelry store. Fist full of jury in his hand. He jumped in the car. The police don't call him. Shot him right at his head in front of him. That's the first time I saw somebody die, you know, but it wouldn't be the last. You, did, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, station in New Saint, uh, River Park was a terrible place to grow up, you know what I'm saying? But before before crack, it was the it was raw. The hood was beautiful before that crack came, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. At first, you know, we was, the hip hop came and you had, we had the Biz Morgan and the Run DMC and the, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the Rock Kim and all that, you know, that, that music was inspiring the black people. But then when that crack came, everything changed, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Run DMC made me, that, them the first cats that made me want to spit some rhymes, you know what I'm saying? I, okay. I, I thought I was so, Lil Run. I so thought I was Lil Run. I love Run. See, y'all don't know about Run, dog. Run was that guy. He was that guy, I'm telling you, man. Y'all just know him from Run's house, the young folks. Yeah. They don't know who Run, Run really was. That Run DMC, man. Them niggas was like, dude, what y'all think Drake is right now? He was, they was 20 times more popular than that. Because they were the first person, people that brought the rock, mixed rock with rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they was trendsetters. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Run DMC, man. You know what Walk I'm saying? Walk this way. Walk yeah. this way. A hit it run. Yeah. Uh, Mary Mary. Uh, man, come on, man. Them guys are rock stars, man. Well, Run DMC. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But you know, growing up in Wildland Park, like, man. It was good until the to the crack hit. Then the crack hit, you know, we started claiming them gangs. Then the California cats came down to the hood. First, it was the Muslims. Remember the, the, the Bay Muslims? They came and was kind of turned the hood out with the work, with the, with the yay. And then the California cats came and came with the gangs. And they put the gang, the gang banging down in the hoods. Yeah. All the neighborhoods, everybody, was some, some bloods came down with the work. It was front of us the cocaine. Front everybody bricks, and they was turning us out with that gang shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think my hood they had us uh, claiming like Cabanella Park or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But something like that. You know, but they was Park. they was pushing their hoods. L.A. L.A. hoods on mm -hmm. the St. Louis cats turning us out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But then, I guess they thought we was like, you know, we, we was soft ass. I don't know what it was, but. It ended up being a war. Ice Cube got a song about that shit. It's called uh, niggas want back. Summer Vacation. Yes, yeah, sir. they came yeah. there. They we shot it out with them. I was I, I wasn't really out the porch yet, but I witnessed it because it was happening on my block. Mm -hmm. Shot it out with them niggas and uh, sent them niggas back to California. You know what I'm talking about? But then we started banging a different way than them. We, we lost all the the because the, they they're more in California. They're more uh, organized with the gang. Gangs, but when they when they left, we didn't know nothing about. It. They didn't get to teach us everything. So, I think in L.A. they were banging. They had they bloods banging their hats to the right. We say fuck. We gonna bring guys to the left. But the bloods in St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? And then you know whatever they was doing, we kind of we kind of did it our own way. You know what I'm saying? They might wear their flag to the right. We wear our flag on the left. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know. That's pretty much how it was, man. You know, we we was blank banging our own blocks. Like we'll bang six one sherry bloods. We say forget Campanella Park. We're gonna bang six one sherry bloods. Or, you know, uh uh the 
College and Carter Crips, they bring CNC. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they they, they kind of put down the L.A. says and had their own says because we had real hoods here just like they did. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was that was a that was a big part of my uh my uh my childhood, the game bang. And I joined the game when I was like what, 15, 16. I joined the Blood. You know what I'm saying? Pyro. Claim you had the Cali said. Then you had your St. Louis hood that you claim kind of claimed both of them. You know what I'm saying? I started banging the Blood game, but here in St. Louis, you know when you when you um jump off the porch, niggas might be, might come through spraying the hood up. You if you want to get out there and sell some dope, you gotta be what they is. You know what I'm saying? You can't just sell no dope on the block and just be like, I want to make some money. I just want to get paid. I ain't with the gang shit. No, you gotta be down for whatever the hood down for. So that's how I started claiming because I wanted to sell dope. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's how so I started. So who, where, and why made you want to be a rapper? Run DMC. Ever since I was five, when I first heard Run rap, I wanted to uh, be Run. I used to wear the, uh, the the Adidas with the, you know what I'm saying, the three stripe Adidas with the fat laces. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, Run made me want to rap, dog. Ever since I heard dude rap, you know I wanted to be just like him. So I came up writing rhymes, beating on the tables. You know what I'm saying, fucking the lunches up at school. You know what I'm saying, and uh. Yeah, and then I started a group when we was young. When I okay. I would go to studios, man, and as soon as they heard me rap, they'd be like, get in the booth. You ain't got to pay nothing. Just get in the booth. I never had to pay for no studio time. People just heard my voice and just want me in their booth. Okay. You know, so I really knew nothing about, didn't know nothing about, like, buying studio time for nobody. So how just was it when you first really started rapping, going to studio and stuff like that? Probably about 13 or 14. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's moving what, around. Yeah, and then the I met Chaos. Above average with DJ Chaos. Okay. But he won DJ Chaos back then. His name was Plato. Okay. And I met okay. him when we was kids because he heard me rap and he was like, dang, you tight. You know, Charlie Chan, I, Charlie Chan heard me rap. Okay. And I went over there and was rapping. He made some beats for me and I was rapping uh, in his studio. Chaos came over there and that's how we got together. Shout out to Charlie Chan, you know Soprano, gangster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so, my dog. So, y'all original group. Turned into the whole nine, rolled over into that? Well, well, we was above average at first. Okay. And right. then one of my partners, I think uh, one of my partners named uh, Chum, you know what I'm saying? He put the money behind the whole nine later on. But there was another partner I had named Big Henry that, was, that put the money behind above average. Okay. Uh, I met Chaos when I was 14. I think we might have started the group when I was around like 15. Because we had opened up a store, 15 to 16. We opened up a, a show for Easy e at the West End Rec Center. This little dude named, uh, his name was, he was from College and Carter. Okay. <laughs> he was from College and Carter. He heard me rap. He heard us rap. He was like, I want y'all to open up. He had looked on the back of a CD, got easy E number. He went number 17 and got dude to come on a promotional tour. He just right. caught him on a promo tour. They had to get easy nothing. You know what I'm saying? So when easy came, man, I straight up made easy. I couldn't believe that shit, man. And they got off the tour bus with a, uh, with a with a right, I couldn't believe it, nigga. Up there, this nigga Compton Hood Street, nigga. This nigga got off the radio. Got you know, motherfuckers you carry them big ass boom boxes. Mm. Man, this nigga had a boom box. He got off his tour bus. That motherfucker was blasting some rock music like. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? That's easy. I'm like, That's damn, easy. this dude like this. Then he had a big ass afro, nigga. His fro was just big and fucking wild and shit. And this nigga was straight playing rock music that oh, close that to his fucking ear solo. like that, dog. I'm like, this nigga weirder than a motherfucker, dog. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, easy. You know what I'm saying? But uh, 
Yeah. And dude, dude, that, that's how I met Bob and knew what first heard of Bob and Hood. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because okay. Bob and Hood was big throwing Bob out. And Hood. Yeah, Secure. Big Bob. Secure. Shout out to Big Bob okay. and Hood's ambassador. Okay. My okay. niggas. They was throwing shows in St. Louis back then. Them was them was the top guys that was bringing all the acts. You remember the Smith that, right? Center? The Smith Center, yeah. right? And yeah. they, I yeah. guess Bob, and, and Bob was the face of it. Or that, something was the, that was the security, Bob, yeah. and you know Mr. Smith, Steve, and you know local promoters and stuff like that. On Lee and Dry and called the Smith Center. That's why I I was a part of that. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. I know. I that's why when I saw him, yeah. like I know who you is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You yeah. was fucking with them Smith yeah. Center guys, so. You know, uh, my partner had through a show. I thought it was, I used to, back in the day, when I was a kid, I used to think it was Bob and Steve, Bob and uh, Hood throwing them shows for real because they came and, them niggas came and got my, got this nigga, beat the hell out of his ass. Like, nigga, you ain't finna bring no shows, no more shows this motherfucker. Pop, pop, pop this ass up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he ain't bring no more of them motherfuckers neither. I think they motherfuckers hit. The boy, that nigga came back to my house, nigga came like, man, I just got kidnapped. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I just got kidnapped. This nigga legs all bruised up and shit. I'm like, damn, nigga, what's wrong with you? But he Good, you my, a kidnapping nigga. He wasn't my homie. He <laughs> wasn't my homie back then. He ended up being my homie. I just, he was a crip. I was a blood. So, bloods and crips didn't fuck around back then. But he, we were so tight with the music where he wanted us to open up for easy. That nigga came to my crib. I don't think I'm going to do the show. I don't know. Then he couldn't even walk. Motherfucking legs all bruised up and shit. He said, them boys put his ass in the trunk. When he opened up, <laughs> when, he, when, he, when they opened up the trunk, they just got to hit his ass with baseball bats. Bow, bow. You know what I'm talking about? So when Fuck did y'all roll over to be the, the whole nine? Uh, or did the other group, did, as you and him, as the other group, did y'all put any music out? Did uh, me and Chaos put any music out? As the, the, as, as the first as, group, as above average, yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. We had a song called Heads Up. We had a uh, we had a couple songs, man. Uh, as above average, radio play, but uh, we didn't get no radio play. Okay, but okay. I moved to Atlanta. Yeah, okay. I'm talking about when I moved to Atlanta because my mama, I was kicking up so much dust. You know what I'm saying? Getting in the shootouts, banging and shit, banging on motherfuckers. To where my mama was like, my mother was like, nigga, you gonna die. Get your motherfucking ass up out of here. You know what I'm saying? What happened was me and me and me and, me and uh, the dude that got kidnapped out of something, we became real good friends. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When I got about 19, this nigga had uh did I say his name? Because I don't want to no, say his did. name. Okay, good. He motherfucking he shot a motherfucker over five dollars and killed the nigga, right? So he had to get out of town and move to Atlanta. We went, we still went that close like that for me to be doing what I did. But when he went to Atlanta, he couldn't call nobody. The police, it was all over the news. The police was at all his houses in St. Louis, everywhere he hung out trying to find him. So he had to dip. He was on the run. He had to dip. Yeah, he dipped to Atlanta. I never been past the east side. You know what I'm saying? I don't know nothing about nothing. Nothing but I, I ain't no shit past the circle. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm going to school and coming back, you know, on the bus or some shit like that. But I ain't know nothing about no county or nothing like that. So this nigga called me, and I'm like, hello? He like, he like, man, man, I need to see a familiar face. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Who the fuck is this? He like, man, this oh, I'm sorry. He like, he like, he like, nigga, he like, nigga, I need to see you, bro. I know we ain't cool like that, like that, but man, I need to see a familiar face. Uh, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. Can you come see me? I'm like, man, I don't know. Let me think about it. So I called, I talked to my mom about it. She was like, man, get your motherfucking ass out of here. You know what I'm saying? 
Your ass gonna die if you stay in this motherfucker. All this shit you doing, all these niggas you get into it with. And it was her fault, because I can tell you about that lady. She used to grab, have me fighting niggas in the hood when I was five, just motherfucking grabbing me by my arm, like, fight that nigga, beat his ass, beat his She put the shit in me. Then when goddamn mm-hmm. I started getting, you know, turning up on motherfuckers, now I gotta get out of time. I, I'm too bad. You know what I'm saying? You made me this motherfucking way. My, my mama a gangster. She was a straight G. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? She told me, get the fuck out of here. You need to go. So I'm like, man. I thought about it. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll slide to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I'll give you the money. Whatever you need. You know what I'm saying? So I left. When I got there, this nigga was at the bus station, dog. This nigga was just, I'm talking about dude was just dirty from head to toe. Just, he was just fucked up. And when I saw him, me and him weren't cool like that. I was like, man, I can't. I hugged that and I gave him a hug. And this nigga hugged me tight as a motherfucker. Like, he, I'm talking about this nigga about to choke, break my motherfucking neck because he, he hadn't seen a familiar face in so long. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I just heard him like, man, I ain't leaving to you, right, bro. I, I ain't gonna leave you like this, bro. You gonna be alright. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like like a little baby and shit, like nigga. You know what I'm saying? You gonna be alright, my nigga. So he took me back to this crib he had. You know what I'm saying? It was a little fucked up little apartment. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't like some St. Louis shit, but it was like you could tell it was kind of like, like a little ran down little kind of little apartment complex. And he ain't had no furniture in that motherfucker. It wasn't no. It wasn't no. Uh, Curtains on the windows. You could just walk in and see this nigga. And he had a little pile of dirty ass clothes he was sleeping on. And nothing in the refrigerator. I'm talking about nothing. This nigga was hungry as a motherfucker. I took him to get something to eat. This nigga, he just inhaled the shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, bro. So, nigga, we walked. We, I stayed for about a week or so. I let him wear my clothes. I had some fly little clothes. I you know, got them fresh and shit. You know what I'm saying? But after a couple weeks... Shit, nigga, we, my money started, you know what I'm saying, getting low. You feel me? So I'm like, damn. I'm like, shit, I'm, I said I ain't going to leave this nigga to you, all right? He had, a, he had got a job, but he'd be scared to work at the job because he thinking ain't going to get his ass. He using fake names to get jobs, and then he'd probably just steal something from the job and quit. You know what I'm saying? He'd steal something from the job and come back to the crib, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And uh, I'm like, shit, man, you know what? I don't know what the fuck we gonna do, dog. So we went to the motherfucking, we went to the to, to the store. We walked to the store one day. And we walked to the store, we trying to get something to eat because we both hungry. He go in and steal a pack of bologna. You know what I'm saying? He like, I'm finna steal something. I ain't stealing shit. I'm fucking, I just stole. Fuck this shit. I'm figured out. He went in there and stole a pack of bologna and got caught. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in there looking, I'm like, this nigga finna go get extradited back to St. Louis for that murder. For a motherfucking pack of bologna. You know what I'm saying? And before I knew it, they just, you know, he walking out. Because it was a little security guard in there. I saw the security guard talking to him through the window, but then they let him go. He was like, man. I said, what happened? He was like, man, they just told me to apologize. Man, they felt sorry for me. I was like, wow, that's crazy, man. Let's just go back to the crib. We'll figure something else out. So on the way back to the crib, a dope fiend came up to us and was like, y'all got some yay. I got some hard. Shit, we looked at each other like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, I say, I say, I say, wait a minute. We're gonna be right back at you. I say, where you live at? We walked, she walked the lady, the girl walked us, her name was Sam. She had a sister named Michelle. They walked, she walked us to her, to her crib and they showed, she showed us where we where she lived in and shit, right? So goddamn me. I ain't know how to get no work. So I started calling St. Louis, like, calling all different kind of motherfuckers trying to see who was down there in Atlanta that I knew. I found my nigga Cal. So I called Cal. He like, 
yeah, I can get you some work. You know what I'm saying? So me and, and my partner, we catch the motherfucking martyr all the way over to Calvin House. Cal hooked us up with some work, nigga. We came back and turned up on that motherfucking ass. Got rich as a motherfucker, me and that nigga. I call that nigga right now. Me and that nigga got rich as fuck. Nigga, I had so many goddamn car when I was 20 years old, nigga. I was nigga, look, look, dog. Look, I'm 20 years old, nigga. I'm getting a motherfucking quarter chicken. I'm busting that motherfucking down. I'm getting a quarter brick. That's a nine. I'm breaking that. I'm going to do the math. Nigga, I was making, nigga, nine ounces, nigga. That's 12, six, selling one gram fifties. One gram fifties to the Dolphins. I'm making $12,600 off a motherfucking nine. Every three days at 20. But I came for nothing to that. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I came for nothing to that. Five cars, nigga, cribs, nigga. Boy. Atlanta wasn't no joke, nigga. We was selling dope to Bobby Brown. What's that nigga name? Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Remember the wrestler Jake the Snake? Nigga was buying all work from us all day. All day on my kids, dog. I ain't bullshit. I was serving Jake the Snake motherfucking Roberts. Nigga. Got the snake. Bobby Brown, nigga. Should have got the snake. Yeah, remember Bobby <laughs> Brown used to have, have goddamn uh, motherfucking pack of Newports with all crack cigarettes in that motherfucker. He just smoked the motherfucker. You take all the new points out, stuff the motherfuckers with crack, nigga, and put the motherfuckers back in the goddamn box, nigga, and have a whole box of cracker rits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> smoking shit out them cold blooded motherfuckers, chain smoking them guys. Nigga, that's the shit I know about, bro. Experience that shit. So, Atlanta is a motherfucker. That's why I tell people, you know what I'm saying? I come from the kind of hood that you want to get out of. I understand them Atlanta niggas, because they hoods is fun. It's fun to be in their hoods. Nigga, them niggas can get jobs if they want. Every nigga that sell dope in Atlanta, it's a choice. A cho they chose to do that shit. Run from them. We ain't had no other choice. In my, in my city, we ain't had no choice. We had to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Most of us. You know what I'm saying? But there, you can, just like that movie ATL. What was that one nigga uh, problem at the end of the movie? He couldn't find the right job. <laughs> nigga, what? It ain't that he couldn't find a job. Told y'all. This motherfucker couldn't find the right job. That was his problem in life. That's Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta ninety nine. Yeah, I, I moved. To the I cruise. lived there for five years, man. Yeah, yeah. I ain't making five years. Mm -hmm. I moved to, to the uh, grew in the prison. That's why I understood. <laughs> that's, but that's why I understand that uh, young thug shit. I get it. What that DA saying down there, I man. Them niggas rich, man. Like you go downtown, you go downtown in St. Louis, you gonna see white motherfuckers walking with briefcases. With niggas cleaning up the trash around them white folks walking downtown in them professional buildings. In Atlanta, them black people, them black folks, professional people walking around downtown with briefcases, lawyers, you know what I'm saying, uh, accountants, CPAs and shit, you know what I'm saying? That's what that, they don't want no motherfuckers fucking that shit up like that, dog. They talking about free YSL. Now forget your ass out here with that bullshit, nigga. If you, in, in St. Louis, I'm from a place where we wish we had wings to fly and get the fuck up out the hood, man. I wish I had wings to fly and get away from all that killing. Motherfucker St. Louis is some, some grimy ass shit, man. This shit fucked up. And it's been like that. We just get high, the highest murder capital, murder rate every damn year, man. You know? It's a fucked up ass place to raise your kids in, man. So, you know, I look at niggas like that like, you know, they just haven't experienced enough hood shit haven't happened to them yet. Enough hood shit ain't happened to you yet. If you still want to go back to the hood and think that shit cool. Where I'm from, even the dope dealers, nigga, if a nigga sell dope in Walnut Park 
he make enough money to get get out the hood, he go buy him a house in the county. You know, and get the fuck and only come back to that motherfucker when he got to bust a move and go back to the county. Because he made enough money to get the fuck up out that motherfucker. And don't nobody be like, man, that nigga JoJo don't come back to the hood. They be like, that nigga got the fuck up out this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? No, any, nigga that, that, any nigga that they do say that about is a nigga that really ain't from the hood just trying to pump the hood. You know? So when if a nigga get mad at a nigga in St. Louis for not coming back to the hood, he know this nigga just hood affiliated or something. But a real nigga soldier from that motherfucker... When he he been putting down shit in that hood and he get out, ain't no motherfucker gonna say nothing. Even if he don't come back and get nobody, they gonna be like that nigga made it up out this motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's just it, bro. Like that's why, man. Like I said, enough hood shit ain't happened to these niggas, bro. You know. And when it do, then they gonna they gonna do what I did when enough hood shit happened to me. They gonna say fuck this shit. I'm gonna take care of these kids. I'm finna get the fuck out the way. That's what they gonna say. That's what Quando Rondo saying right now. I felt them. I'm like, there you go. Now you finna be a man. Now you finna be a man. You finna get the fuck away from all this bullshit. Take care of your kids. Take care of the people that know that you know or uh, give a fuck about you if you win and did some time. Because when I did my time, nigga, only my, nigga, my mama, the only motherfucker that sent me some money them years I was in the joint. If you, my mama. All these motherfuckers talking all that shit. My mama said, so it was niggas sending me money here, here and that. But my mother... Send me money every motherfucking week. Every week. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's all Joe. Shit. So, after Atlanta, how you, uh, what you do when you come back? Oh, shit. Well, you know, I, like I said, I turned up in Atlanta and I started, you know, getting, getting a lot of money. You know, and, uh, I start getting locked up, cause that's what come with it. You know what I'm saying? I caught a, I caught a uh, 24 grams of hard case. This junkie told on the nigga, told on my, ass. told the motherfucking police it was in my ass. I put 24 grams in my ass, in my ass cheeks, not in my ass, in my ass cheeks. And the police was looking for it. Nigga, I got locked up for that shit. You know, I thought I was gonna go to jail forever too. That's a fat ass block of crack, nigga. I was crying and shit. I was, Lord, please. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first case, nigga. Shit, I ain't, I ain't know. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought it was throw baptized my motherfucking ass. Shit, I ain't know, but the dope finger somebody said his ass. And then, look, then when I got the locked dope up. Dope said you put in your ass? Motherfucker, yeah. Pussy ass nigga that ain't jokes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the police shit. was following me, right? They were following me back to my dope house. So I came in there, you know what I'm saying? I uh came in the dope house and put the motherfucking dope right on the scale. I had three ounces. I forgot what happened to the other two, but I know I put the shortest one on the scale. I think that motherfucker told me that shit so he could take my dope. My mother two ounces, but I put the 24 grams on the scale and the motherfucking blinds was moving like this and I looked and I saw some flashlights. The motherfucker looking at me. He looking at me. You know what I'm saying? The police looking at me with the motherfucker on the scale. I said, oh, shit. I got there, grabbed that motherfucker. They was like, open up the fucking door now. You know what I'm saying? I grabbed the shit and ran up the steps. Ran up the steps to the second floor. While I'm running the steps, I shoved it in my crack. You know what I'm saying? So them motherfuckers came in. This motherfucker gonna open the door. The dope fiend gonna open the door and let the motherfuckers in. Then the nigga gonna tell them they couldn't find it. They got they searched me, put me in a police car. I got I'm sitting there in the police car with the shit in my ass. This motherfucker gonna tell them. They, I guess he tired of them shaking the house because he done hit my other two ounces or something. I don't know what the fuck this motherfucker did. But I know that motherfucker said, check his ass. Shit. 
The motherfuckers came out, came out to the court. So I was like, step out the car. I'm like, oh, I got AIDS. <laughs> I told them I tried to say anything. So the motherfuckers would check. My, you know, I got that package shit. That's what I told them. I, you know, I'm stupid, the motherfucker. I mean, they like, nigga, they pulled that motherfucker bingo. I said, oh, God, no. <laughs> I didn't take that like a G. I ain't take that one like a gangster. I ain't gonna need a lot, told Joe. But yeah, so I said I, tr- I gotta tell you about the downside of shit, man. You know, instead of glorifying this shit like everybody do, you know. So you know, I had enough of that shit. I moved to another hood in Atlanta, and them niggas, you know, they was on me about being in their hood selling dope. And I got into it with some niggas. Had to, you know, get into an iron fight with a couple niggas. You know, do, you know, whatever. I came back. And, oh, I'm leaving out some. I met this chick that turned me out, that had me acting like a whole ass nigga about her, right? I was stalking the bitch. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, I was with her for two years. I was paid when I met the bitch. I was paid when I met the bitch, but I, I fucked her and she told me, my pussy so good, you gonna go crazy. I was like, whatever, bitch. But when I fucked her, the bitch was right. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, I did go crazy. I didn't give a fuck about my money no more. I didn't give a fuck about my career. I moved in with the bitch, said, fuck my house. Moved in with her and her two kids. I'm like, dad, playing daddy. These my sons. Country-ass nigga, you know what I'm saying? I'm tripping, you know what I'm saying? I'm playing daddy to these kids. And then I start tripping off of her more than myself. Where she at? Where you at? Call her. Popping out the bitch medicine cabinet in the morning. She opened the medicine cabinet in my face right there. Bitch, where you going? You know what I'm saying? Type shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm tripping. So... She moved. I called this bitch. I, I get her number from somewhere. I don't know where your new house at, bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this bitch, oh my God, this motherfucker crazy. So she ended up fucking one of my homeboys down there. You know what I'm saying? She was telling me, what do I have to do? Fuck one of your homeboys, you know, to, uh, you know, one, one of your homeboys to prove to you that I, because I, she was the type of bitch that would never do that. Like, for real. Like, and she ended up fucking my partner and made a rap song with his ass, and the bitch knew I rap. Bitch never made a song with me, nigga. I had a pre-production studio in this motherfucker. Bitch made a rap song with that one. I said, I'm going to kill that motherfucking ass. I said, hey, fuck this. I'm smoking they ass. You know what I'm saying? So I got them. I called my mama. I was going to kill myself, too. Now, I, now, see, the reason I'm saying this shit is because when I see people do that shit, I know I was there. I, I was there. You might be like, why that nigga do that? But the, the devil can make you go crazy as a motherfucker, dog. So I called my mama, who was my dog, and I told her, I was like, mama, hey, you ain't finna be seeing me no more. Like, this is my last time talking to you. And she instantly knew, because my mama know me. She was like, motherfucker, you better not kill that bitch. She instantly. I'm finna send you some money to come home. You know what I'm saying? I'm sending you some money. You get your motherfucking ass. I ain't raised no pussy ass, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because my mama raised me to don't ever motherfucking let no woman uh, talk over talk you talk louder. Don't let no woman handle you. My mama instilled that shit in me, but it was this was just the one that did that shit to me. And I think every nigga got that one that did it to him. You know what I'm saying? But after her, I became a fucking boy, the trillest nigga on the planet after that bitch. Cause that's a part two to this story that's gonna fuck you up. Now that made me move back to St. Louis. My mama was like, I'm finna go to the bus station, get you a motherfucking bus ticket. And I came back to St. Louis. <clears throat> I had a pistol on me that I did some dirt with. And I bro, it was just me and the pistol. And I had like 80 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Came back to St. Louis, sold the pistol for hundred dollars to this nigga in uh in a pile line. And I, I heard chaos on the radio. And 
I ain't seen this nigga in years. I heard this nigga on the run. I'm like, man, this, I heard Big Sexy, cool DJ K. I'm like, that's chaos. I said, man, take me up to the radio station. I don't know who the fuck I was with, but I was with somebody. And I was like, take me to the radio station. So I went to the radio station. Uh, buzz the buzzer. And they came to the door. They was like, uh, who is you? I said, tell chaos, DJ chaos, they chemo outside. I swear he gonna come. I promise he gonna come. And they was like, man, whatever. They let me stand outside for me. I hit that motherfucker again. Like, man, I swear, please, tell him I'm out here. Tell him I'm out here. So, about 10 minutes later, chaos come out there. He like, nigga, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? I give him a hug. He bring me in there. He put me on. He broadcast me live to the whole St. Louis. He like, this my dog, Kibo. We used to be in a group together. St. Louis, I want y'all to, you know what I'm saying? Say what's up to my boy, Kimo. So, you know, I'm like, what's up? You know, what's up, y'all? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shit, broken the motherfucker, fresh from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? And uh, after, um, you know, I did my little thing on the radio, Chaos took me outside. He was like, bro, what you doing? And I said, man, I'm up here trying to holler at you, bro. Why you ain't rapping? You on the radio. He like, because I didn't have you. I'm like, oh, shit. The Gold Bar Girls. You are now tuned in to the Big Dog Playhouse podcast at BigDogPlayhouse.com. Yeah, so he asked, me, he asked me to do a uh, <clears throat> a radio intro for his show, and it was like I named the song "My Block to Your Block," and I started naming a lot of shit, uh, streets and shit in St. Louis. And uh, now nah, that was his part. He named the streets in St. Louis. I did a verse to this beat from Sham. That uh, ended up producing Chingy right there. You know what I'm saying? So I got the beat, I did the song, and it blew up. The intro blew up. All this, everybody in St. Louis was saying, you know, singing my intro or whatever. And then we went to Sham, and then we got a deal with him, for him made a deal with him to do some beats for our album, you know, in exchange for Chaos playing Out of Order. You remember Out of Order? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Work Some, Twerk Some. Work Some, Twerk Some. So he, you know, we went to PD Wax, and we used. Chaos is pull on the radio to get things, make things happen for our album. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> like I said, we went to PD Wax. That was the uh, rest in peace, PD. That was my nigga. You know, what I'm saying we went to PD Wax, asked because Sham was signed to PD at that time with the group called Out of Order, and uh, we went to uh, PD and asked, you know, we'll play some of your shit on the radio if you give us some beats. So that's how we got the beats for the whole Nine's first album through Sham, through PD Wax. We went to. Uh, the twins that own Saints, right? Okay. You know them? Danny yeah. Dave. I know them. Yeah. I don't know. So we went to them and said, you know, we'll play your artist Pretty Willie on the radio if you let us use your studio to record our album. Okay. So y'all brought it. So that's how Pretty Willie got played. Okay. See, people don't know this shit. So y'all brought it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how y'all heard work something, work something, let me hit it, let me hit it. That's how y'all heard uh, all this money, all this cash. That's how y'all heard the Pretty Willie shit. Because we was brokering deals to get our shit done. Right? Those are the same cats that uh, put Nelly out. Had Nelly before he blew. Mm-hmm. The Twins. The Twins. At yeah. Saints. At Saints, right. So we recorded our first album in the same studio Nelly recorded Country Grammar at. You know? But uh, they had Pretty Willie first. And see, people don't know about that. He was kind of like similar to Nelly. To me, anyway. But we are doing real good right now. So the whole nine formulated at that point when you okay mm-hmm. when y'all got back together yep. at the studio. Yeah. So who were y'all signed to? We weren't signing nobody. We had our own deal. We had, well, so who was Hella Trill Entertainment? Hella Thrill Entertainment was our label. Me, Chaos, and my partner Chuma. Okay. We, we started. Okay. Uh, that's how we got my partner. My partner was getting money, money, money. Okay. I was getting a little. The bit third part. Yeah, I was getting a little bit of money. He was getting money, money. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, it was, remember Rook, that on Formula One? Rook was supposed to put the money behind it at first, mm-hmm. but that was chaos, boy. I didn't know Rook. We went to meet Rook, and Rook stood us up. So I was like, man, we ain't got to meet none of these niggas, dog. I got I got partners, nigga. I'm in the streets, nigga. What the fuck you talking about, dog? Shit, I made one phone call. Hey, Chum. Don't be like, bitch, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to my nigga Chum. He in Texas. He a personal trainer now. You know what I'm saying? So... He put the he put the change behind the uh, whole now, but he didn't have to spend that a lot of money because Chaos got the uh, access to radio. He, he got access to the radio and he got our studio sessions for ten dollars an hour. Right. That wasn't shit. You know what I'm okay. saying? Back then, ten dollars an hour. They ten dollars an hour now, but back then in the big studio, that shit was like sixty seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. So you know, all we had to do was pay the engineer to be there. And we used the studio for free. Okay. But Chuma did pay for the CDs to get pressed up, the posters, the radio advertisement, all of that shit. So that shit cost some bread, you know? You know what I'm saying? So, so for my artists that don't know you, what was the hits from the whole nine? Uh, my Block to Your Block. Man. Uh, Come here, Dirty, Let Me Holler at you. Uh, Everybody in the Club. Uh, Nina Pop. Those were the biggest ones. You know what I'm saying? Those are the ones that, okay. that I, to this day, people just still can't get enough of. You know, and then the whole album, we sold more records independent than anybody have have done, have done and ever will out of St. Louis. That's not going to happen. You know, nobody going to say We sold, like, what, 200,000 independent units? That ain't going to ever happen without the help of a label. We was, nigga, we was balling without no label. You know what I'm saying? We was like cash money, how they was in they, uh, the pre- Universal days, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, we used to go up to go to the street side records. We had we was dropping off the, the records ourselves to fifteen street side stores, mm-hmm. and we was getting money. You had to go to street side or or uh, Sam Goody to get it, and it wasn't everywhere. And uh, we used to go pick up twenty thousand dollars checks. We ain't know we ain't know shit about nothing either. We ain't know nothing about me. We supposed to take this twenty thousand and put it back into the you know we like. Uh, here go seven for you. Here go seven for you. Seven for you. Hey, you know, we just go ball out. Then another one come. Then another one come. We just kept splitting them three ways. When really that money was supposed to go back into financing the company. We was just some kids. We didn't expect that shit to do it go like that. You know, we ain't know. I ain't know. It was gonna do. We saw that money. We wanted it right now. You know, and you know, we were some kids. We ran through it, but we still got a we still got a major deal. You know. 
We Universal with MCA. Mm -hmm. How you feel about the state of hip hop right now? Uh, it's just it's it's a it's a mirror, it's a mirror of what we created back in the day. It just mirrors what we did back in the day. People try to say this music is like this, whatever it is now, and these cats ain't teaching no lessons and they songs and all that shit. I get that, but we was doing the same shit, but then we have a little jewel lesson at the end. They just cut the fucking lesson out. It's the same shit. The lesson, the most important part. Yeah, but if you got 90%, I'm going to kill you, 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 then the lesson, people hear, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. I'm gonna, that's what we, we didn't bump Scarface for the lesson. I'm just being, I, we did not, I didn't play Scarface so I can learn no lesson. I played that nigga so I can hear that nigga say, it's fucked up. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I played, I played, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. That's what I was, nigga, with my red flag, riding around in my cutty, beating that shit, looking for niggas to kill. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't learning no goddamn, none of us was. Let's be honest. But it still was a lesson, in it? It was. It was you, you, you may not, you probably overheard it, but it was a lesson, in it? I, but I, you I were getting out of what you were listening, wanted to hear it. Yeah. You did what I'm saying? But it still was a lesson in the music. It was. True. Yeah. Okay. True, true that. You're right. So You're definitely right, yeah. bro. It was there. It was there. You dark. know, and they had, they had lessons in all of them. Most, most of the rappers did, but mm -hmm. you had Brother Lynch talking about, I'm going to eat your babies. Yeah. You know, you had, come on, it was awful. You know, you yeah. had NWA talking about, uh, you know, Strawberry the Neighborhood hoe and yeah. uh, Dope Man. And, you know, I mean, you had Spice One with. My, my murder motherfucker, I'ma kill show. your motherfucking murder murder show. Then you had a balance of the KOS one. Yeah. Chuck mm -hmm. I see now I beg to differ with you right there, Tojo, because those guys was pre these guys I'm talking about. Now the top, the, the era you talking about, that was a the most beautiful era in hip hop. If you ask me what's my favorite era, it was the it, what you what, what you just named the KRS one era, the Boogie Down Productions era, the Biz Markie, uh Kid and play, you know, where they talked about real lessons and they wasn't talking about that other shit. And they was teaching you lessons, teaching you black power, teaching us uh, love of ourselves. You know, you have, what's the song KRS-One had where he was, we was preaching the Bible on him. Genesis chapter 11, verse 10. Mm -hmm. Explains the genealogy of Shem. Shem was a black man in Africa. If you repeat this fact, they can't laugh at you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the shit that we came up on that was going to end up making us great people. And I believe white people saw that. They saw that. They saw that it was making us a super race of motherfuckers over here. And they said, we got to do something about it. So they dropped this big-ass bag of crack in everybody's neighborhood. That's what I think happened. Mm. And that's what, and then, now that, then that fucked it up. That fucked everything up. Fucked everybody's lives up. Now women walking down the street selling their ass for it. Our, our, our teachers and, and, and women that's supposed to be working at hospitals and shit. And they was working at the damn hospital. They was teachers, shit. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it ain't, but that shit just took their ass out and messed up our whole community. And then the music reflected that. So it ain't nothing but nobody's fault. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't, it's, it's, it's the people up top fault that's looking down watching this shit. So how you feel about rappers and singers claiming games today? Um, man, I think claiming a gang is some shit that, like, 
that you don't have no choice. It's like your, your choice is very slim. To, you know, you, they're limited. You join a gang out of despair. You don't, you don't get out the hood, get a million dollars and say, I want to go back to the hood and be a fucking blood dog. You don't do that. You get up, you get up there so you can pull people out of the, those situations. Now, for the cats that that was that been claiming games since they was kids and they feel like they're part of the, those ranks of of the game banging, the, the LA game banging, how it is, how you might see a seventy eight year old Pyru, you know, but he's a triple OG. Then you got the double up under him. Then you got the OG. Then you got the YG. Then you got the 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 champ or whatever. And you know, that's different. You know, they got more of a structure with that shit, but. You know, um, a rapper that, that made millions of dollars that wants to be a game banger, I think that's the, one of the biggest atrocities in the rap game right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what I think. I think, you know, and they they, they, they not, those guys aren't, uh, they don't love themselves. You can see, it's proof that we can see that money don't mean shit. You know, money don't mean nothing because you can still hate yourself and have millions of fucking dollars. What kind of nigga want to claim a gang and they they done made it they done made it like that? You gotta hate yourself. Don't make you number more who you truly are. That's all, cause you can afford to do it. Well, they definitely ain't gang bankers. Right. You know what I'm saying? So how you feel about them? Niggas definitely ain't gang bankers. So, oh, so I see what you're saying, Tojo. Like basically, what you're saying is like it's making them more who they are, which is a fake ass nigga. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Pronounce it, nigga. Showing more and more, especially with social media and yeah. money. Yeah. But how do you feel about different races uh, being a part of hip hop and using the N word? Shit. Well, nigga, nigga is. We grew up. We grew up in a segregated city. Our shit was like 1960, so we don't know nothing about the how you know in Queens. All these different melting pots of races grow up together. We don't know nothing about that. Or in LA, how it's, it's like that in LA, where it's a melting pot. Everybody, you know, so they might be comfortable with a motherfucker saying nigga. But I think that nobody should use that word uh, if they ain't black. If they, if you ain't no, and, and there's a word that we own, it's our shit. Nigga is our word. We don't own shit else in this country except for the word nigga. So for those that be like, I ain't going to say it no more, that's cool. But I'm going to say nigga, you know, like Paul Mooney say, I'm, I'm going to say it and make my teeth white when I say that shit. Nigga, nigga, nigga. <laughs> Fuck that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm always say that shit. I'm always say nigga because oh, it's ours. We own it outright. And if a white motherfucker can sit up here and say nigga, and be, you got those white people that say, I'm going to say it. I don't care what anybody thinks. They don't know how I grew up. They don't know my struggle. They don't know me. I'll be hearing motherfuckers say that. So them people, I say, if you love black people like you say you do, you grew up around us, think about the ones that don't want you to say that. What about us? So you don't, you don't give a fuck about some black people, but you white. You give a fuck about the ones that like that, that. You care about the ones that don't mind you saying the saying nigga. Them the only ones you care about. You a racist ass devil motherfucker. You know what I'm talking about? If you're not gonna care about every last one of us, I don't care how you grew up. That's some bullshit. Why wouldn't you love me? I don't want you saying it, and I'm black. You don't love us enough to not say it, motherfucker. You don't love us. Get your motherfucking ass on somewhere, cracker. 
<laughs> and I got, I love white people now. I got some white people that I love. Not all of them motherfuckers, but I got some white people that's mine. And they, they understand it. You know, they get it. Just like with the uh, the LGBT shit. I don't want to keep talking. They'll cut this shit off with you know. <laughs> Top but five just, rappers dead or alive, though. <laughs> Uh, top five rappers dead or alive. Pop, Nas. Shit. Chuck D. KRS One. And uh Rock Ham. Mm. Right there. Top five DJ. <clears throat> Top five DJs. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> now, now let us take your hip hop call in that though. Shit, man. DJ Premier. Okay. DJ Jazzy Jeff. There you go. Big in the crazy name. Make me know it. DJ Scholar Rock. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said top five. <laughs> <laughs> Is your list? You can stop it when you want to. Shit. Oh, I can start. I can keep going. DJ Jimmy. DJ Magic Mike. Um, <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> uh, DJ Paul. Okay, three six. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. What's your take on social media? Social media wrong. I like it. Like yeah, I mean, it? I like social media. Is 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 new. Um. It, 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 I mean, you got to be with the times. You got to be with what's going on. Social media is what's going on. Um, and uh, it could be used for good. It could be used for evil. Like all other things. It's like all other things. It's your you know? choice. It's your, it's your choice. Like Jay Prince said. People talk about what well, what's on social media. You know, I have a little problem with my kids sometimes. Stuff coming up on their feed. And I got to figure out how to do that. How to, how to really do it. I can do the restricted mode. But then... I can you hit restricted and you still see shit that you don't want to uh, look at. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what's that? You know what the fuck? Well, how did I hear that? I got your phone on restricted. They think you can hear that. You know, so that's the one thing I don't like about it. Um, you know, but uh, you know, a lot of things that you uh, search in Google when you do your Google searches and stuff like that. If you're searching the wrong things, then the wrong thing is gonna come up. You know, as suggestions to you. So, if you look at the right stuff, you wouldn't have no problem. If you type in the right keywords and search words, then you won't have no problem. Get your mind out the damn gutter. How you feel about internet beefing? <laughs> it, I like it. I like that shit. I think that shit raw. Because it's getting motherfuckers paid. You know what I'm saying? It's getting people money. They used to sell crack. So, so the, it's it's the lesser of two evils. I, it's fucked up in the sense that, you know, it's teaching that you it's teaching certain people that that's cool, or for people that really believe in it and think it's real, 
you know, but on the other hand, you know, uh, if I used to sell rocks to my own people, but I can get on the internet and be like, fuck that puss ass nigga. <laughs> Eat a dick, bitch. You know, whole ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? And make a million dollars from that. Hey, I just stay out the way. <laughs> so, in, in, in instance, you saying you'll do anything for money. <laughs> Fuck no, I'll do anything for money except for a, a homosexual act. Damn near anything, yep. Yeah. So, you don't got no more. Damn near. Rather than uh, no, nah, I got morals. I'm asking. I'm morals. saying you said you do anything, but a homosexual, act. a homosexual act, or mm-hmm. or killing a motherfucker. You know. Okay. Yeah, or killing mm-hmm. a motherfucker, killing. You know it. You know. Okay. The 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 things that you would normally not expect a motherfucker to do for money. You can give me a billion dollars. And I put it like this: You give me a billion. I'm probably one of the only niggas that can stand on this and say that, say this, and, and it be the real. You give me a billion dollars, and I won't commit commit no kind of act with a man. I got a homeboy that say, "Nigga, for four million dollars, I'll fuck a nigga in his ass." And there's a whole lot of niggas. I wouldn't let a nigga fuck me. Am I? I wouldn't do shit with no nigga for a billion dollars, a trillion. You give me a, tr- you know why? Because for one reason. If I got a trillion dollars from letting niggas suck my motherfucking, you know, commit fellatio or any kind of Exactly. And number two, for however that long money don't last, it could be two, three hundred years from now, they're going to be like, how y'all rich? Well, your great, great granddaddy chemo sucked the dick. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) He let a nigga suck his dick? No. That'll never be my, the money is going to intensify the legacy. What the fuck? I'm going to really be remembered for the shit now. Hell no. I don't give a fuck how much money you give me. It's not going to happen. See what I'm saying? What's your take on Wack 100? He's the, he's the nigga who I uh, just, just described. Because I, I had to actually I had to actually understand the brother. You know what I mean? I think everything he's doing, he just, he, he like, man, the shit that I have done in my life, he probably like, man. The way I sliced that nigga throat the back, you know what I'm saying? Or the way I did this shit back in the day that wasn't right. This is this is a cakewalk for me. He probably thinking like this. So he just going to talk shit. If it's bringing the money, you know, he making his bread, you know. And uh, I I wouldn't do it. Don't, don't get it twisted. Especially if I'm sitting already, if I got a bag like him already. I wouldn't take that goddamn route. Me personally. Fuck no. Nah, I wouldn't do that shit. Just get on why I'm talking about niggas and hot. You know, that shit sounds stupid as a motherfucker to me, you know. But some of it is entertaining, you know. Some of it's entertaining, but overall, you got guys like Lil Baby that's 20, what's this nigga, 26, that got 10 times, 10,000 times the maturity as this nigga whack one. You feel me? So that for, you know, that right there, that's not a good look to be a 44 year old nigga talking about power. You know what I'm talking about? That ain't a good look. Mm. But but it, but it, where they're from, it is, though. I'm just saying from our, from my perspective here, being a St. Louis and growing up in where I grew up, it's not, you know, that's not something that I would think a 44-year-old man should be doing at that stage in his life. Yeah. What about Charleston White? I like that nigga. <laughs> I like dude, man. I like him because he said a lot of shit that I don't agree with, but he's 
but he's but the shit that I do agree with that he says outweighs the things that I don't. Okay, it, they they outweigh the things that I don't agree with, you know. But uh, Charleston White is uh, he 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 tell he tell, tell it like he feel he telling it like it is, you know. He just want to end. That. I ain't never seen nobody come and want to you know be against gang banging like that, and and it will stand up against gang bangers and people that are uh participating in that lifestyle, you know, and for him to do that, I think that's commendable right there in itself for a man to just take that stance and stand up. Anybody that stand on stand on what they believe in and just stand on that shit, I respect him. Like Wag 100, I, I respect that about him. He stand on that shit, you know, whatever it is, whatever he feel like he's saying, I believe that he really standing on that shit, you know. So. <laughs> so do you agree with the snitching? Well, I agree with who snitching? The Charles and White snitching. With him snitching on that dude? Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, I wouldn't do it. I just did two years for a nigga and then snitch on. We call my sister right now. My sister tell you, I was telling you to snitch on that motherfucker. I was going to go down there and tell on him. And you wouldn't do it. My sister be on the phone calling from jail. Tell on that nigga. What you doing? I swear to God. I'll be like, shut the fuck up on this motherfucker phone, Angie. Okay, my sister's going to be bugging up when she see this shit. Cause you you remember sis, you blame, shut the fuck up on this goddamn phone. I did a whole year and a half of that nigga, and that nigga was going to, going around paying motherfuckers and shit, paying trying to pay my mama, give my mama money. I had to call that nigga, be like, dude, quit doing that motherfucker. This is me as a man, like nigga, just stop doing that nigga. You ain't paying me to shut the fuck up, nigga. But Charleston White is a civilian. He's not a fucking gang. He's not a, a street nigga. He wasn't with nobody that did nothing wrong. That, you know what I'm saying? He's showing these motherfuckers that you can't, nigga, you, you can't make no threats. Don't be making no threats on the internet, nigga. Take care of your business. Handle your business, bitch ass nigga. I'm gonna get your whole ass locked up, nigga. I'm a motherfucking, I'm a civilian. I ain't no motherfucking, I ain't, I ain't in the streets. Get your puss ass locked up now. Why you ain't do nothing? You don't hear saying something. That's what I get out of it. If I'm correct, you 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 and you and you was in this podcasting thing, wait. Yeah, yeah. Let me show. holler at your podcast. Okay. Dot com. Go to the website. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. So, how do you feel about people calling podcasts gossipers? Uh, once again, um. Maybe it is. Shit. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I tell you this much, when you mention a motherfucker's name like Nelly, or or because uh, I used to say that. But then when I I see Wack 100 talks about Ray J. Wack 100 talks about uh uh Mariah Carey. Okay, Kim Kardashian. Okay, those names, those names, when you put them in a search engine, brings money. It brings people. So that's why motherfuckers is talking about all these people and it's making them money. And the shit that we've done to get money, how, what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. The, I, the shit that I've done to get money. You feel me? The shit that I, I'm judging from the shit that I've done to get bread. Rob a motherfucker? Pull a gun on a motherfucker? Say, bitch ass nigga, count down for five. You know what I'm saying? I'm four, three, two. And bitch ass nigga, where is shit at? This, this is shit that we've done. To get paper. So, when I see a nigga talking about a motherfucker all day to get paper, I used to say, hmm, that's some bitch ass shit. But then I, well, look at the things I've done. How can I judge that man? You know? 
Well, uh, you you lived in Africa, huh? No, nah, I got a house in Africa, and my wife is there. Uh, I married an African woman in Uganda, so I flew to Africa, and I married my wife. Uh, shout out to my boo, you know what I'm saying, Stella. She still your uh, wife right now? Hell yeah, okay. That's, I ain't never, I love her to death. I'm madly in love for the first time in my life. You know what I'm saying? An African woman. She's from the tribe of Buganda. Google the Buganda tribe, and uh, those women are very respectful to their man. They know how to be a strong woman. See, here in America, we think being a strong woman is a woman that's going to talk back to you, tell you, you know, try to motherfucking put up, use up bravado when she talks to you, put your chest out and stick a chest out at you and all that shit. That's a weak motherfucking bitch to me. You know what I'm saying? A strong woman is a woman that shut the fuck up when I'm saying something. You know what I'm talking about? Cook my goddamn food. You know what I'm saying? Clean up my motherfucking house. You know what I'm talking about? And be intelligent as fuck. And take my and take my take my leadership so I can make her great, so we can both be great together. You know what I'm talking about. And she understands the power in a man to lead, especially when he's leading her right. A man could to be able to tell you what to do as long as he's telling you right. Now, when that nigga start telling you wrong, that's what make him a bitch ass nigga. But everywhere, every single way I lead my wife is in the correct way, like a king. You know what I'm saying? Like a king. That's why I leads her. And she follows. And in some in some instances, I'm going to follow her as she lead. But she's a strong woman to be able to endure, to never talk back, to never raise her voice, to be so feminine. These women here missing femininity in their life. They ain't even feminine no more. You know, my wife probably the most feminine woman that I've seen, boy, in 20 years. You know what I'm saying? She's so feminine and delicate. You know, one of them type of women. Like you... You slap her. She ain't gonna fight nobody. She ain't gonna say nothing bad about nobody. She, I can't, I can't get her to talk bad about one person, no matter what I do. What you think about this person? I could say it's Hitler. I could be like, what you think about Hitler? Well, you know, he probably had some problems in his life or something, you know, that made him that way, you know. I'd be like, boy, you's a beautiful. You want, you're a beautiful person, you know. That's cool. You know, so I advise every brother over here to get them African woman. And that's messed up, you know, because I love my sisters over here. But we have messed them up too much as men. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's our fault the way that the women are there, the way they're over here. That's what I think. I believe that. You know, I understand a lot of stuff, Kevin Samuels and all them brothers, rest in peace, they be, they be talking about. But things that they do are basically because of what we done. I mean, like it's it's always a man at the root of all their problems. You know? So how long you was over there before when before you married? Or you know, how long was was your experience over there or you go back and forth? Well, I went over there to marry her. I went for 3 weeks. Then I came back home, visited her for about another month, about 4 months after that. You know, and then um I just went back a couple months ago. Okay. Stayed for a month, you know. Okay. Okay. But now her I one thirty is approved, so she' about to be here. Okay. You know, you got to fill out the I one thirty. You got to go through the process to get your wife here once you marry her. You know what I'm saying? So I've been waiting about a year for that application. I got approved. It just got approved last uh, month, and uh, you know what I'm saying she should be here by Christmas. Okay. So that's what it is. So if you had the power to change anything with one snap of the finger, what would it be? The the uh, the murder and death in the streets. 
That's easy. What does the word character mean to you? Who? Character. The word character? Yeah. Uh, it means a couple things. Uh, you could be a fucking character that run around doing uh, all kind of left-handed ass shit. Or you can have a motherfucker. Or you can be a person with character. You know, um, uh, which is an attribute, a trait in people. Uh, sometimes it can be a, a person with good character or a person with bad character. The best advice you ever received, who gave it to you? Myself. Mm. Shit. Yourself? Yeah. What was it? Respect the sun. Respect the sun? Yeah. Mm. Respect the sun. That's a powerful situation. The sun. The sun is a powerful entity. So what's the lesson in respecting the sun? Uh, <clears throat> understand that it was made for you. And never say that it's hot out there. Because it's never hot. It's never hot. It's never, ever hot. It feeds you the melody. It feeds your melody. That's right. That's what it do. No, I got it. <laughs> I'm truly with you. I you go talk look to at it, it every morning. Me too. Yes, I knew it was something about you, brother. I'm looking for it. I look directly into his rays, and yeah, I and, 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 and do you and the things that it does to you when you look at it. Yeah. Man, they probably we probably don't even need to put that out. Yeah, I pray to the sun. Me too. Yeah. Even if it ain't out, it's out for me. That's right. My sun shine every day. My brother, and that's what brother. make us brothers. That's what that is. That's what make anybody that anybody that give reverence to the sun. Right. It's my brother. Mm -hmm. What's the most important thing in life in touch? Oh man. Keep keep searching for knowledge. Mm -hmm. No matter what. Keep searching. Keep asking questions. Mm -hmm. Never stop asking questions about everything. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So why is that you do what you do, Playboy? Because I'm in a place, I'm in a place where there is nothing but opportunity. And I realized that wholeheartedly when I went to Africa. You know, um, I learned not to complain here. It ain't nothing to complain about in this motherfucker, dog. It ain't nothing but bread everywhere. Get it. Get that shit. It's a motherfucker somewhere right now smiling in a village with nothing. And this nigga smiling. I'm, I saw it. I couldn't believe that shit. I couldn't believe the amount of poverty that Africa got, bro. It's, you got you to gotta see it with your own eyes. There's nothing I can explain. When you go over that motherfucker, I'm telling you, it's going to change everything about you. Just seeing those people hurting like that with your own eyes. It, it's way different than on TV. It ain't nothing like that. When you ride, put it like this. You can go from here to Kansas City and look on both sides of you and see nothing but fucking dog. When I say dog, when I say, man, people fucked up, a lot of them, millions of them, nigga, on each side of you, 
with nothing. When I say nothing, man, that shit gonna make you cry hard as a motherfucker. And I don't give a fuck who you is. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you got some heart, dog, you go to that motherfucker and see that shit. But then they got places where it's like this, though. You see what I'm saying? But the 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 opposite end of the spectrum when you see that, man, dog. If you got a paved road and a motherfucking some some water to drink, nigga, you bought. You a fucking you a million you a millionaire for real, and you don't even know it. If you got a paved road in front of you and some fucking water to drink, nigga, some cold ice water with some ice in it, nigga. Huh. You got three classes here. You got you got. Upper class, middle class, lower class, they made that shit. This is a construct that they created. It ain't none of that shit over there. Ain't none of that shit, nigga. You belong to a class over here. Under 50,000, that's poverty. Under 50,000. 50,000 and under, you're impoverished. So this motherfucker's talking about, I'm, I'm in poverty, dawg. I gotta go get some food stamps. Nigga, you can go get a fucking car with some food on that motherfucker every month. What? Nigga, that's the problem of a first world. <laughs> Ain't none of that shit over there. And there's millions of niggas. Man, boy. Man, please. Anything that we didn't touch that you want to touch before we get up out of here? Nah, man, you know, uh, I do want to say this. Uh <laughs> Lil Nas X is something I'm gonna show my kids. Mm. I'm gonna show my kids that. I want my kids to. Lil Nas X got two videos, right? Look, I'm gonna say this before I go. <laughs> he got a video where he's twerking on the devil, right? You, you know what I'm talking about? I heard about it. Okay. <laughs> then he got another video. Where he in jail with some gay dudes dancing, you know. And I'm gonna show both of my kids both of them videos. For what point? And I want them to study it because the world is showing us that if you practice that type of lifestyle, you're gonna end up twerking on the devil and going to prison. That's the last thing I wanna say, my brother. <laughs> Check that out. Where well, they can reach you at social media, my brother. Say what? Where well, they can reach you at on social media. The real Michael Raxon. The real Michael Raxon. T H R E A L M I C H A E L. Raxon. Like, you know, getting them racks. Yeah, that's me on all social media platforms, man. Yeah. So, you got any new music you putting out? Yeah, yeah, I got, uh, I just, okay, I just, uh, thought about to shoot the video for that single that, uh, Feel so good, you know what I'm saying? Sitting on racks like a lot of shoes. Where the ladies? You're hanging with a lot of dudes. I don't do niggas. All you niggas do is hate and fucking click. Cause they're click full of snakes. Niggas turn this state sang in like Macy Gray, but then I loop my my name rang in like Lacey Clay. If you check my rap sheet, boy, you wouldn't believe it. Now I'm getting this legal cheese with my Pekingeses. Thinking back to when I drove a Honda in my Rubicon, about to catch a flight to Uganda, nigga. That's what's up. Yeah, now I'm talking about Saudi. That's what's up. Yeah. 
And like we do at this time, watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. And watch your habits because it becomes your character. And please guard your character because it becomes who and what you truly are in this limited universe we all dwell upon. See you when I'm looking at you. Peace, peace, peace. And we out. Yes. Bye.